And welcome to the show. It's our holiday edition we have for the uh, Midwest Streets Kings um, show here. And everything no prep. And we have our co-host Trent here in his holiday sweater. So, you know, make your comments down below how you think about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have Paige here, McCoughlin. And if I said that properly, forgive me. I'm bad with, uh, with that. And uh, she has some great news she wants to share. Um, I know she's going to No Prep Kings. And she's coming on over from Bracket Racing and getting into No Prep. So we have lots to cover with that as well. Um, we have Dan Lee here also from down in Dallas and his event. You can see behind me here uh, the post of his event coming up. We're going to talk about that near the end here. And uh, it's a badass event down in, down in Texas. And then we have Limpy, of course. We all know Limpy. Uh, he's uh, flagging the event down there and he's always a uh, regular on the show. And, and there he goes. There's the symbols right there. And I'm sure Mark will be getting messaging pretty shortly to come on. on. Oh, Absolutely. And then we have Matt with Warped Perception as well with the Jet Tesla. Um, so I'm kind of excited about that. Everybody saw that. How's it going, Patrick? Um, so everybody saw that at PRI. Um, so we got some video clips of that and some other stuff that he has coming up. And uh, so we'll, we'll have fun talking with him. And uh, I'm sure you guys all want to ask any questions or anything. Go ahead and ask on the side over there when the guests are on. And uh, it's right up to the right side. You guys can see you should be able to see the comments and stuff over there. So. We're going to get started. Trent's going to take over here for okay, us. Great. I get a phone call right as we start. I'll call him later. All right. And uh, and Brian has disappeared. Okay. So we're actually going to this with something of a schedule here. I've got like notes and all kinds of fancy stuff. I was trying to crash course on this. And obviously the big news right now in the world of no prep is the apparent defection of one of the members of NHRA royalty. Uh, you could call her the princess, I suppose. I don't know if you're okay with that. Uh, Paige Coughlin, thank you for joining us. Yeah, and thank you for having me. No problem. And obviously the big news is that you are essentially, as I as you've said on other interviews, leaving NHRA to go and play with the boys and girls in the No Prep Kings Pond, mm -hmm. uh, building a new car, which I know we'll have some pictures of it up here in a moment. And you'll be starting off, I believe, in the futures class, correct? Correct. Yes, that's the way um, typically a lot of the, the newcomers are starting off is in the future class and then they work their way up into the invitational. Awesome. Now, this is going to be a little different than the other interviews I've seen you do because this is a different crowd. Uh, I'm going to assume that some, a lot of people that are watching right now don't know who you are. So okay. can you tell us who is Paige Coughlin in kind of a nutshell? Like, who are you? Where do you come from? What have you done? Sure. Yeah. So I started racing when I was 14 years old. Um, I was mainly involved in the junior dragster ranks just at my local track, which is National Trail Raceway. And then as I got towards 16 years old, my dad decided to let us build a new super comp dragster. So I went with McIlvain race cars. They're right here in Dayton, Ohio. And so it was really easy to work with them. You know, they were technically in our backyard. And so when that was finished in 2017, that's when we started getting more involved in the NHRA super comp ranks. I ran those point series for the first year and a half of my racing career. And then that's when we decided to venture off into bracket racing. You know, we traveled around the Midwest area. We traveled to the East Coast a little bit and some down south. So not crazy far outside of the Midwest area, but far enough away we get a new racing crowd. Sure. And, um, so in 2019, I runnered up in the super comp class in the Midwest division of the NHRA. And then that also led me to be the 2020 JEGS All-Stars representative 
for super comp in division three. So okay. that's where most of my accomplishments lie so far. And then the bracket racing, you know, we've gone deep rounds and pretty much almost every race that we've attended, which I'm very proud of not only myself, but my crew chief, Justin Bieber. And uh, we, we worked our asses off to get there. And then earlier this year, I was warming up my brother's pro stock car and I had lost first round. It was the Charlotte national event, the very beginning of the year. And the, the first round loss was just not, not my best driving. You know, you have that sometimes. Sure. Sure. I looked at my dad and I was like, you know what? We ought to just build a damn door car at this point. We need to do something different. Yeah. And um, he was actually the one was like, well, what do you think about no prep? And I was like, you know what? That actually sounds really awesome. So we, we did some more research into it. And then um, one of the guys that has worked on my dad's pro mods in the past, he had this 92 Camaro. And I was like, oh my gosh, well, we have to do that. And so that's kind of where it all started. But most of my background has been in HRA along with my Coughlin family. You know, the heritage has been in HRA for the past six years. Okay. And for those who are Still not drawing the connection. The Coughlin name may sound familiar from Jeg Coughlin, as in the Jeg's Parts Store Enterprise. Yes. That is the family she comes from. Hence why I said it's a very high-profile type of thing. And, you know, I'm I'm excited for you. I'm excited for the sport of no prep because I think it's, it's going to open some people's eyes as to what really can go on. Because there's been a lot of skepticism as to what goes on in shows. Admittedly, a lot of that's come from me. It's another conversation for another time. Um, but it's it's refreshing to see, uh, aside from someone from NHRA choosing to essentially switch venues, if you will, uh, mm -hmm. you know, for a long time, there was concern that drag racing was kind of starting to die out. There wasn't a lot of interest. You know, the joke was that NHRA was written in the 60s and, you know, they haven't had a new entry since the 60s. And yeah. now we're seeing more and more younger racers getting into drag racing and the crowds are huge and you've got, the, you know, the spectators. Uh, lining up for autographs now with with the big shows and it's to me i think it's super exciting to see someone younger uh, if i remember you're like college right like early 20s ish yes um right. i have a semester left of college and then i'm Ooh. done okay so all right cool but <laughs> almost there that's, so that's that's good though because that's you know now i, I guess that begs the question are you going to try to race professionally are you going to are you looking to do a career path and maybe race on the side well, um, how we like how my dad has raised me, uh, Troy Senior. We've always had to work X amount of hours if we wanted to go racing. And so when I was working at Jegs over the summers leading up into my senior year of college, um, you had to work thirty hours a week if you wanted to go racing. And sometimes for those bracket races, though, you have to leave like Tuesday or sometimes even Monday to get there on time. You know, we always travel together, sure. um, whether that's flying or driving. Oh, we always travel as a team. Me and my brother, Troy, Troy Jr., and okay. our crew, Justin Beaver. Um, so sometimes you're working longer hours for two days a week, or sometimes you can spread it out a little bit. But, sure. I mean, that was the requirement. So I want to race professionally, but I also have this in the back of my mind, like, hey, you know, you still have those requirements to meet. Like, you have to right. be present in the business field. And, like, you know, you got to show your contribution to the to the business because – Without Jags, we wouldn't be racing. And sure. that is such a huge part of our racing career. So, and I want to give back to them. You know, I've, I've worked there for quite a few years now, three or four years, and um, I've enjoyed every minute of it. And um, so going back to work there has always been a true blessing. And I want to continue to do that. So if I don't keep going back to work, I can't race. So that's just kind of how <laughs> we were raised. Okay. 
Well, I think that's probably the best answer you could have given because <laughs> it, it it resonates with a lot of people. You know, most most people, especially in no prep, no prep has very humble beginnings, and yep. a lot of people in no prep are still, you know, not even nine to five, more like seven to eight. You know, working blue collar people that are really out there just killing it just so they can put their money into the car and go race on the weekends. And exactly. I think that's why the sport in general has resonated so deeply with so many people because it's relatable. And that is unfortunately where I think NHRA fell off years ago yeah. because they focused on top fuel and occasionally pro stock, but you never saw, like I come from an NHRA sportsman family. When I was a kid, my dad was a stock eliminator racer. You know, you never see that stuff on television. Like it just doesn't happen. They'll right. go to ice skating before they'll film that. And for, you know, and you get hundreds of those cars at the events, the turnouts are just nuts and they get, you know, no, no attaboys, no nothing. So I think that's one of the reasons why the, the no prep Kings and the street outlaws and whatnot um, have all, you know, become so popular. Obviously initially street outlaws really took off because it was taboo and illegal, but people could relate to that. It was exciting and it's evolved now into this just monster of program. And it's, you know, it's, it's arguably the biggest thing in drag racing. And as you may yeah. remember, NHRA tried to kind of wrap their heads around, or wrap their hands around the neck of street outlaws a couple of years back, and it backfired in glorious fashion. Uh, that's when they threatened to take the comp licenses from anybody that raced on the show. And they all said, well, here's our licenses. We're going to go race on the show. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, and I think they realized very quickly that, well, maybe we should try to embrace this rather than fight it. And, you know, hopefully with the transition of, well, you're the first now from a major racing family, you know, there may be a little more cohesion between the two types of racing. Um, not not say we're going to see one become the other necessarily, but they can at least get along instead of, you know, I know some NHRA folks that for years have told me, ah, no prep is a suicide fest. All you guys do is wreck cars. Well, no, <laughs> you just tend to see more videos of people that wreck cars because they tend to be more fun to watch. It's just yeah. like NASCAR. Nobody cares about who won the race. They want to know who wrecked in turn three. Like it's, it's been that way since the dawn of time. Um, exactly, so, yeah. so let's see here. So um, you obviously you've got this third gen Camaro and mm -hmm. I have to back up real quick. I don't mean to laugh every time you say your crew chief's name, but when I heard you say him uh, in the interview, <laughs> I know you. you're, you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> when I watched, I watched the, I watched the, uh, Oh, is it the ride along show? I think it is um, with Wes that he that live streamed on Monday. Mm. I swear to God, he said Justin Bieber. And oh I was like, gosh. I'm like, you've got to be shitting me. I'm like, you this will not kid, believe how much he gets that. And it's, I, it's I hilarious might. every time it never gets old. I, I don't doubt it for a second. Beaver. It's, it's hilarious. We make fun Wait, of him. Be oh. Beaver as in the animal? Because that yes. might be funnier. Yes. Justin Beaver. He's <laughs> All great. Right. All right. <laughs> he but is like. Part of the ride or die squad, as I've called it in the past, you know, it's me, okay. my brother, and Justin. So okay, um, so let's <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about the car for a second. Sure. Um, I I know you said it's a '92 Camaro, and I know Brian's got some pictures of it that he can post up here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which you've seen that was the original gold of the car. Now this was a family friend of your guys whose car this used to be, or somebody that works with you, if I remember right. Yeah. So um, Mike Reese owns the car. And okay. uh, he has worked for Jags for as long as I can remember. Um, he is like the other older brother. And he worked on my dad's Pro Mod cars and all that. And his wife and him had tuned and raced this car for years, mostly in like small tire and such. And um, she, there's one thing that his wife, Nicole, said to me that really stuck out to me. She said, this car was built for women to drive. And as well, soon as I sat in that car, I was like, 
damn it, she's right. Like, this car is perfect. Like, Meanwhile, all the third gen F body guys are like, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know what? That was the most door, most comfortable door car I yeah. have ever sat in. And you know, like, I've sat in the pro stock cars and the pro mod cars, and like, sure. I look so small in them, and I can't even. I mean, like, I know there's not a proper seat in those when I'm sitting in them, but right. I mean, I'm drowned out by my surroundings. And when I sat in that car, I felt so comfortable, so at peace, like fit like a glove. Awesome. And I was like, this is going to be a really fun year because I'm already comfortable in this car and I've never even started it. So that's I'm and that brings it. That brings me to my next question. I tried to come to this interview prepared. Is um, obviously what one of the main questions a lot of people have been asking you so far in, in comments and also in the interviews is, do you have any door car experience? Now I already know the answer from watching the other interviews, but I want to let you tell the audience, um, you know, basically what your plan is to get familiar with this new type of car for you. Yeah, sure. Um, so. Surprisingly, I have no door car experience. I mean, coming from a door car family, it's almost shocking to others, you know, when they hear, like when I was talking to Erica Anders, when I um, warmed up TJ's pro stock car, she's like, she watched me try to get into the door car and she just was like looking at me sideways. And she's like, what? And I was like, (laughs) I'm like, don't laugh. You're used to getting into a rail, so it's a totally different, you know. Yeah, maneuver. yeah, it is. And um, I was like, you know what? I've actually never done this before. Like, I've sat in them before, obviously, but like, never, I've never even started one. And um, she's like, looked at me like I was crazy. And so I, I mean, making this jump, more people than you would think have asked me if I am absolutely nuts. And maybe, that, maybe we are because we're doing this, we're jumping from super comp, which. Is, is one of, like, the somewhat faster classes of the, like, the, the sportsman classes, you could say. I mean, sure. you have top dragster, top alcohol, and top sportsman. Super, super cop is what, 890? Is that right? 890 okay. at a, like, mine was 185 miles an hour. Okay. So, I, that that mile per hour is, fa- is on the faster side for a super comp car, but they all have to somewhat run close to 890. Sure. And, um you know what maybe I, the more people ask me the more i thought to myself you know I, maybe you are a little bit crazy about for doing this but i think it's gonna be a lot of fun and you know we're just we're gonna have to go in testing and just getting used to the car i mean sure it's gonna be a whole new experience it's something i've never done before i mean but i think i have no bad habits to break which is nice right yes. my dad has said to me and you're just gonna have to go in with a clear mind because you have almost nothing to compare it to and Fine. um You'll also, have, you'll also have to get used to going about that fast and half the track. Exactly, yes. So it's, it's going to be a vertical learning curve, which should be a lot right, of fun. Right. So, like, I think my eighth mile, like, before we broke some some parts in my dragster, we we were running 440s naturally aspirated um, in a bracket race. So that was, okay. that was on the faster side sure. three years ago. But now it runs about four four sixties, four seventies. So it's it's okay. about like one hundred and sixty to one hundred. Well, it's ranged over the years, but sure. about one hundred forty five, hundred fifty miles an hour is probably somewhere in the sweet middle. But so yeah, it's going to be faster speeds, more things to look out for. I mean, backing up that's going to be something to watch because I mean I do a burnout now and I don't do any anything big or anything, but mm-hmm. I get made fun of for trying to back up because I'm never straight ever <laughs> and um so i'm sure that's going to be the first one of the first few things they're going to make fun of me for and i welcome it because i think it's funny and um 
just learning how to operate something with doors that is wider, not as long. Um, sure. But I'm really looking forward to changing it up a little bit, you know, doing an actual door car burnout and taking it past the tree and just going that fast in that short of a time period and learning how to adjust to a non-prep track. I mean, that's completely different. And sure. um, so maybe we'll start out with a prep track, you know, kind of like baby step it a little bit just to make sure we're completely comfortable with the car and knowing where everything is and how to properly drive it. But I'm really excited about it. I'm really hoping maybe by like the end of January, early February, we'll get this thing out. And, you know, it still has some work to do. Um, the car's not quite done yet, but we want to make sure everything's right. You know, measure, sure. twi measure twice, cut once kind of deal. Carpet, carpet yeah, everything will be exactly the way we want it. So right. it's going to be worth it. Now, and the other question I had is that are you, do you guys have any plans at this time in your testing or in the season in general, if time allows, are you going to try to campaign at some other no prep events and just kind of get more seat time and competition outside oh, yeah. of the show? For cool. sure. Um, well, outside the show, not quite sure. Um, okay. Honestly, I have not gotten that far. It's been a hectic, hectic week over here, but sure, sure. the best way. Um, so right now we're just focusing on getting this car out to go pre-season testing, hopefully into January, early February. And then they did mention, like, I've heard the schedule has not been released yet. So I've heard, mm -hmm. like, maybe there will be 15 races, maybe there will be more, maybe there'll be less. But we don't know when it starts. So it could start in Florida in March. It could start in Oregon in April. Like, who knows? Right. Well, and I, I um, know. so it's a lot of traveling. And right. Well, and it's like a pro schedule. So and that's and that's one of the things that stressed out a lot of the competitors um, who mm -hmm. aren't, you know, paid cast or anything like that, because it's so resource intensive for most people. Yeah just to be able to travel that far. And I think um, the last season didn't start till June. It started really late, yeah, but they COVID. crammed all like 15 races into like 19 or 20 weeks. It was insane. Yeah, it, it was, was like insane. a gauntlet. So, it was because I, mean, um, I, when I, as I've been working for drag illustrated, I wrote a story on the season opener at national trail raceway. Mm -hmm. And um, I reached out to Pat Musi, Justin Swanstrom, and you no, know, that might be it actually. Um, and my dad, cause he attended the race, but okay. um, I maintained a friendship with Justin Swantrum just to continue to learn more about the class without totally sure. giving it away what I was doing sure. until sure. he put two and two together. But um, well, and he's I done really think... well for himself coming up too as well. Yeah. He was, yeah. You know, he I give him tons of credit. You know, he, he did a nice job. I think he tied for third in the points and you know, he's built this fan base that is very, very loyal to him. And that's sure. really cool to see that someone his age, which is not too much older than me, can can do that all by himself and like really get himself going and go to all those races. And, sure. you know, um, it was interesting to, to learn a little bit from him as just kind of get the wheels turning. But um, that's when PRI hit. That's when the fun started. <laughs> Usually does. Each other out and just you know, talking shit and yeah, there's, there's a story at Howl at the moon. I heard about, you want to tell us what that was about? <laughs> you know, that's where it started. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first time I went out, out during PRI, you know, I was working for drag illustrated. I was at the booth all day, every day. And oh my gosh, overall such a blast. And if anyone went to the drag illustrated party, that was amazing. Um, fabulous job. I had so much fun. So many no prep people were there. I mean, even like street outlaw people, grudge race people, I met so many people. It, I lost for words. But um, yep. so at Hell of the Moon, which was 
the next night. I went out with some bracket friends, um, one of them, Darian Bosch. We, we've been growing up racing together. You know, he's been very successful in the sportsman ranks, but um, he had come up with this idea like, oh, like, why don't we call Justin Swatch him out? Because I had been talking about, you know, how street outlaws and no prep kings, they talk like that. They call each other out. They're not afraid to hide their feelings and speak their truth. And they're, they're very out there in themselves. So I was like, why don't we try something like that? So he helped me kind of come up with it. And he got okay. it up on the whiteboard at the wall there. <laughs> and it, um, it said, Paige Coughlin said, Justin Swanstrom ain't shit. And I was like, oh, <laughs> my gosh. I was freaking out. Cause You're going to fit in really nicely. Came out. You yeah, know, just... I was freaking out. <laughs> That's good. And, and, he's a, and he's a good sport about it. I saw his show he did. Yes. Um, you know, yes, and he, he was is. he was a really good sport about it. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, you know, and that's talked a little bit at the bar and, you know, we're shooting the shit with each other and, you know, yeah. talking some smack, but it's all fun and games. I mean, until we actually do get to race each other, then um, sure. I think I'm going to hold up my end of that call out. But um, until then, we're we're still friends like none of, you know, it was all fun for us. Yeah. But, you know, Your he keeps telling me he's going to paint my car white next year from kicking my ass. And I said, I think it's going to be the other way around. You know, I think you're going to see some black and yellow on there and. No, you're just gonna have to live with it. So just to tell him, make sure he's got a color on his car that complements a black and gold pinstripe. You're, you know, exactly. Because exactly. I know you had mentioned that you were gonna try to leave some of that original gold in that paint scheme. Are you still gonna try to do that? I'm gonna try. You know that that particular gold color is um, it was like customly made right for that car, and it is absolutely gorgeous. Like seeing it in person, I mean, you can't even justify that seeing on a screen. And, um, but it's really hard paint matching, you know, these things get scuffed up every once in a while. And so if I can't keep some of the original gold color, I might take, um, I had a friend design some sugar skulls for me and I might hide those in the yellow paint and make them gold. So it okay. captures that little bit of gold essence to match the name of the car. And, um, but you have to look close enough to see what it is. Sure. And, um, so that I really wanted to capture a little bit of the gold without completely taking away our true, like yellow because i think that sure. really it announces who we are in the best way and oh absolutely i mean just, I think it'll be you cool. know now are you are you at liberty are you at um at liberty to say whether or not you will have uh like a jegs type livery on the car or is that something you can't talk about yet um a jegs type delivery like a livery like you know you have jegs on a door that sort of thing oh i'm or, sorry i think you said delivery and i was like yeah yeah is it going to come straight from jegs to the racetrack i mean duh no um <laughs> I just didn't know, you know, obviously, right, because traditionally, you know, obviously all of your family's cars, I mean, they have proudly proclaimed Jags on the side because that's the banner sponsor of the entire program. But yeah. I didn't know if you were going to go that route or maybe something a little more reserved. I mean, if you can't talk about it, I understand. Oh, no, um, that's fine. Um, you know, like following the no prep Kings rules, um, we want to be respectful. Obviously, Sam and everyone on the producer's team, great group of guys to talk to, great group of guys and gals to speak to. Sure. And um, so I obviously want to respect the rules and they, they don't want big logos out there. You know, that's it's not a street car at that point. So this car is not going to look like your typical pro stock car or my dad's pro mod car. I mean, there okay. won't be a big Jegs logo on there. I might slap a decal on the back just for fun. Sure. But, sure. Um, I'll have it on my fire suit. It'll be on my helmet and all the apparel that we're going to sell. So um, that that'll be a way for us to get the Jegs name out there. But I think sure. the black and yellow colors on the car speak enough for themselves. Oh, absolutely. And now you have the opportunity to kind of craft your own brand, you know, exactly, outside yeah. of Jegs. So that's, you know, that should be a very exciting. Let's see what else. Um, 
what else have I got here? I'm almost out of your questions, so you're you're almost free from my uh, my <laughs> my um, Spanish Inquisition here. Um, <laughs> let's. I was going to ask you to discuss um, Sam Kirkus because obviously he's the producer and he's kind of the brains behind the MKK um, race. And I will I will say, speaking for myself and a lot of other people, there was some skepticism when the show really started to elevate because we're like. Pretty much the the general rule was we were afraid that Hollywood was going to just take over drag racing and not in the greatest way. But it seems like he's really um, worked hard to try to find a a balance to keep it, you know, still Hollywood and still ratings and whatnot. But it's not just a a machine that just takes over everything. And I was curious what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, totally. Um, Meeting Sam for the first time happened at PRI. And I had been to two no prep races in the 2021 season. I went to Maple Grove and then I went to Cordova. Okay. And I had seen him in passing, but never had the opportunity to introduce myself. You know, the races are busy for him and obviously he's done a great job. And, but he was the most down to earth person I had met. I mean, you know, producing a show like that, that's, that's a big deal. And Mm -hmm. meeting someone who was like welcoming to talk to me, he was excited about it. Um, was really interesting and what else I had to say. And it was awesome to be able to talk to someone of that, you know, that position producing sure. that show, um, really care what I had to say. And I, I felt really welcomed, really excited about it. And I'm honestly very, very impressed with how he's handled the no prep Kings. Like all those people want to come in and race. I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard the drama with Stevie fast wanting to come over and, <laughs> you know, but there's a method, there's a method oh, to yeah. this madness. And, well, you, and, and you I, have to I think, in. And I think I think a lot more of that drama comes from Stevie. And I I love Stevie. I love him to death. Mm-hmm. I think he's arguably the one of the, if not the most single talented racer of my generation. For um, sure, he's yeah. Like, he's he's kind of like the Don Garlitz of my generation. You know, he do, he could do literally everything on the car, and he does it well. But he's also got a little swagger to him. It makes him very personable. And I think I think his really hardcore fans are the ones who just expect him to waltz in, and yeah. do whatever he wants. Um, you know, the, like he said before, in one of his many shows he's done, he does his uh, YouTube channel. You know, it, it doesn't interest him yet, but eventually everybody's got a price and maybe he'll come over and dabble. And if he does, then you get to see, you know, these loyalists freak out because I'm assuming they're going to make him, you know, race futures just like they're making you. Yeah. And that's the way it should be. And I, I respect that. So exactly. it would be, but I also know that um, I've, I've told some of my, uh, other no prep friends, I was like, you don't want Stevie Jackson coming into your swimming pool <laughs> because he's <laughs> going to kill you all. It's just yeah, you know, the, exactly. the guy doesn't know how to fail. So right, right. But it'd you be know, fun to watch. He's yes, he is fun to watch. You know, like in some aspects, he may be great for the TV show, but in some aspects, he may hurt the TV show. And yeah. he's very talented, and I've definitely seen some of his accomplishments, and um, especially when he was racing with my dad during Pro Mod, but. You you have to race a future class. I mean, unless you get asked to be on a team and sure. they approve you already. I mean, I guess that is a way you can do it. But most of the time you have to run the future class and you have to prove your worth. And sure. that's one thing I admire how Sam has structured the no prep Kings is like, it doesn't matter who you are, what your last name is, how much money you're bringing to the table or to the show. You have to go through the same procedure that pretty much everyone else has done. And I think that's really cool because it's not showing any favoritism. It's, it has nothing to do with money. And um, it just is, um, it gives everyone an equal playing field to really race their way in. And you have to be good for the TV as something as Justin has repeatedly said to me is like, 
this is a TV show first in a race, in a race second. second. So, I mean, if you're no good for TV and you're a kick-ass race car driver, then, like, you're going to have to work on your TV skills. I don't know what to tell you, but... Well, you can't be you can't be bland and vanilla because you're just not watchable right. at that point. Right. No and, one's going to want to watch you. And, and it's... I'm, it's I'm glad... I'm glad more people have finally come to realize. And, and once you understand that it's a TV show about racing, not mm-hmm. a drag race, it's so much easier to comprehend. But when the stuff started really blowing up, everybody's like, it's not real and it's fake and it's scripted, which it's none of those things. But you right, know, exactly. You know, none there of was them, a, it's not scripted or fake. Right, and, I mean, it's real. I saw it with my two eyes. Right. That's very and, real. <laughs> and there, there was, there was a handful of us, you know, in the sport who all said the same thing. It's just, as long as you understand it's a TV show about drag racing and not a drag race in that order, you'll be fine. It all makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, with the, the whole Hollywood idea is that, you know, if you want to be an actor in Hollywood, you have to come up. Like, you have to go through the paces. You don't just get a starring role right out the gate. And I, I admire the fact that they're keeping that general logic uh, with No Prep Kings. Now, right. because we have the godfather of street racing himself, Limpy, on the show right now, he's the charming, <laughs> as he looks around. He's a charming young fellow with the uh, big mop of hair on his chin. And I've just, I have to ask if you were in a position and were invited to do a filming that was street based, was that something that you would be interested in doing once you're comfortable in the car? Of course. I think it would be a great opportunity, you know, like now that I mean, like as I've, I'm so used to doing it one way, you know what I mean? Sure. Born and raised in HRA, you are taught to speak a certain way to certain people. You don't show <laughs> certain emotions. You're very buttoned up. You're very it's classy. Like a country club. Yeah, country club. And um, that would that would definitely be an adjective I would use to describe some of this stuff for sure. And when, like, as an example, when we made that call out to Justin Swanstrom, my first response was to call my dad, thinking I was about to get my ass beat and that I was done for. <laughs> Because it went against everything I had been taught for NHRA. And um, now that we have some freedom, I almost don't know what to do with it. Sometimes. Like, I was on another show and was like, we want to hear Paige Coughlin swear. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> well, you're in the right place if you need to let loose. So <laughs> I'm so trained to speak a certain way, act a certain sure. way, you know, dress a certain way. It's um, now I can kind of be myself. I can be unique. And that's what makes me excited because it's more personable. It's more relatable. Sure. And sure. you, I mean, you look at some of those big racers that you're like, how can I relate to these people? They do this for a full-time living. I mean, they don't really do much else. I mean, other than media and like stuff like PRI and like racing sure. and all that kind of stuff, that's their full-time job. And it's, it's not as much like, especially like the pro classes and stuff, not necessarily sure. sportsmen, but you, you watch these people, but not a whole lot of them. And I'm not saying all of them, but a group of them, I mean, they don't go to work in the morning, eight, eight to five or whatever. They don't, they don't go to work, sit at their desk, work every day of the week, and then go racing on the weekends. That's not how mm-hmm. it works. Like, it's, to me, it's another level of being relatable. Sure. And Facts as happy. a young girl coming into this, this racing industry in a whole new sense is like, I want other girls to relate to me. And know, like, oh my gosh, she's only 21 years old. She's going to do this. She's actually batshit crazy for wanting to do this. Mm-hmm. But like, oh my gosh, she, you know, she went to school while racing. She got her college degrees and now she goes to work like everybody else does. 
and she's doing this. She's living the dream. And it's like, well, I want to be like that too. And it's like, it's exciting to me because I've always wanted to show that. Sure. And that's always been important to me, even as a sportsman racers being like, you can do this while going to school. I mean, you could race anything doing going to school. Sure. And I was like, if I could do it, you could do it too. And um, so I guess it opens up a, a whole new range of avenues to take versus what the NHRA had to offer. And there's nothing wrong with the NHRA. I loved racing with them. You know, my family has been the poster child of NHRA other than mm -hmm. the forces or the Schumachers or Skillman's even like, but it's now, now's the time to defy it because as you mentioned earlier, people are saying that NHRA is kind of dying out. And it's sad to see that because my grandfather raced in it. My dad is racing sure. it. My brother's racing in it. I don't want to see it die out, but you know, like there's other ways to still race mm -hmm. and promote yourself and your brand and, and use your voice other than the NHRA. There's NMCA, there's street outlaws, no prep King, small tire, all that kind of stuff. I mean, radials, mm -hmm. there's plenty of different avenues. And now that I'm starting to take a new Avenue, I hope it brings light to other options for people. Sure. And, um, anyone can go and do, something different it doesn't have to be the same thing all the time you know what i mean like mm -hmm. if i'm gonna completely go against what everything the coughlins have done in the nhra then i'm sure other people can do that too well <laughs> and completely and, defying and, it and also what i think it'll do is we'll wrap up with you here in a moment um you know what also it will do is it'll kind of keep nhra on her toes because part of the problem you know that i've heard a lot of people voice about nhra is they've been resistant to change and they've been resistant to evolution mm -hmm. And yep. that's all drag racing has been doing for the last 20 years is just evolving. Exactly. Um, you know, exactly. You know, our very first no prep races that, that we knew of back at the time, you know, the guys would go nine O's out the back door. Now, right. I mean, now it's, it's, I mean, you could buy a street car and, you know, make a couple changes and go that fast. Like it's, everything has evolved so dramatically and the NHRA has been like the, the proverbial stone wall. Like we will not move. And I yeah. think all of this additional uh, racing, like you said, NMCA, um, obviously the uh, No Prep King Street Outlaws, and all the various other, you know, growing races around the country is going to force NHRA to be a little more dynamic and not yep. so static and everything. So I think that'll be good for everyone. And looking at the comments, you know, it, it's like Josh Williams said, it brings awareness to the sport. And that's something that Street Outlaws has done hands down over anything in existence. Like, I, I definitely I, agree. I, I never would have imagined that drag racing would be such a, uh, a well-known thing. And if you ever want to piss off anybody in the NHRA, uh, <laughs> you know, a loyalist, just ask them who the most well-known drag racer on the planet is. Yep. Because they're going to be like, well, it'd be like, it's, it's got to be John Force or Don Garlitz, you know, go through a rattle list. No, it's, it's, it's Big Chief. It's, oh, it, yeah. it's Justin Shear. He's arguing, he's hands down the most well-known. He's a household name. You know, yes. and it, and if you ask him, he's like, I'm just some kid from Oklahoma, but it's, you know, everybody knows <laughs> yeah. who he is and it brings awareness to the sport and that's good for everybody. I um, agree. So, I agree. so before we go, I want to just thumb through the comments here real quick and make sure I didn't miss anything. Uh, I don't think so. Um, I don't know where Dan went, Brian and uh, Matt and Lippy. Do you guys have any questions you have for uh, Miss Coughlin over here? I recognize her though, from uh, the races. If she knows who uh, Jessica Hatcher is, she knows I'm not even allowed near those tracks anymore. <laughs> I have I've definitely heard of the name. Yeah, I, I, her, her, uh, I, you know, I recognize her. Yeah, so uh, Jags was one of my sponsors of my channel early on. I know uh, Josh, he's like the marketing guy. Yeah. But 
then shortly after I just went full-time YouTube and my, my whole culture was, I don't take sponsors anymore at all. So well, there you go. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, advice of Mr. Beast. I don't know if you know who Mr. Beast is. I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. He's my ki my kids mine. know him really well. <laughs> yeah. So he's a friend of mine. Actually, I met him at VidCon like three years ago and oh, he, nice. he watches my stuff. And that's how I met him. And he's like, dude, you don't need sponsors. He's like, you're doing crazier stuff than crazy. He's like, don't mm -hmm. take sponsors. It's going to hold you back. So, you know, once that's I awesome. went full-time YouTube, but yeah, that's, that's how I recognize Paige. It's kind of funny. I, uh, yeah, I did, uh, some deals with the NHRA. I'm very opinionated. I won't even start to talk about that the way they're, they're like very resistant to change. Oh my God. I spent like a whole year rewriting the whole TV coverage for the NHRA. And, uh, yeah, long story short, I don't think Jessica Hatcher is there anymore, but yeah, yeah, I but, don't think so either. But I mean, like no. you said, the NHRA TV coverage is um, when you think of the No Prep Kings or the Street Outlaws TV coverage, it's it's sometimes it can be sad to look at you know, what NHRA has done. It's literally like, yeah, you got a little bit of pro stock. I mean, they don't even feature pro mod. They do that on another channel. And then it's right. just top fuel and funny car, which is That's great. Those are exciting 100%. classes. But and it's a, the same that, people yeah. every year. And occasionally, occasionally bikes. I've seen bikes. Yes, yeah, bikes that. too. Once in a while. How could I forget? You know, they now they uh, flip-flop races sometimes. So they'll have bikes at one race and pro stock right. not. And then they'll flip them, which is like, you know, I, I never thought I'd ever leave the NHRA just because I always wanted to be like my dad. And I sure. wanted to be this pro mod racer. He was literally the coolest person to me. Still is by a long shot, but like as I got used to some of these people, like when Big Chief came over to run, um, I think it was a few years ago. Yeah, um, he came he over dabbled. to run ProMod. The yeah. line was so long to just get his autograph. I don't mm -hmm. even think he qualified. And I'm no, like, he didn't. What? No, the like, first. This of... is awesome though. Like, look at the people lining up to meet him. And Murder Nova was over there. And let me just say, Murder Nova was one of my favorite Street Outlaws racers ever when yeah. i first started getting into it i actually named my race car my super comp car after his car i named it murder dragster nice and then i had a scooter that was murder scooter because i had it all blacked <laughs> out like okay. i was determined like murder nova i thought was the coolest guy ever all right so and, sean ellington if you're watching you have a fan <laughs> <laughs> and um now that i'm like oh shit i might be racing with him next year it just yeah blows my mind well, like and if, seeing, seeing that is exciting, you know, like even though we didn't even qualify, all those right. people came to see him. It's, it's and, wild, and it's you know, it, it is. And, you know, Sean, Sean actually traveled way up north to one of our old cots races years ago. I mean, obviously, he's massive line and all this other stuff. And it was unannounced, unexpected. And he, he was so nice. He was so nice. And I remember the first time. I, you know, it's talking about when you said that, you know, there was this big line for Justin's pit. Uh, the first time I seen all those guys in one spot was at the first time we're getting back in 2019 down in uh, Thunder Valley in Oklahoma. Yep. And that's when, that's when like I got it because I wasn't really big on the TV idea. It just wasn't really my thing. And, yes. and then I, uh, I saw these just massive lines of people waiting for autographs. And I was like, holy shit. Like I couldn't even wrap my mind around it, but then it occurred to me, I'm like, you know, if this thing lasts for a while, this could be this could be good. I mean, while I may or may not have agreed with the principle of the show in general, because just I'm not a big Hollywood guy. I don't watch TV much and, you know, that sort of thing. But, you know, the bottom line is awareness is awareness and it is worked for drag racing in spades. And you cannot deny that. Exactly. Exactly. And it's um, it's exciting. You know, I think TV 
like airing these shows on TV can be used in a good way. You know, sure. like if, if Sam keeps running it like the way he is, you know, I think he's done a fabulous job, obviously. And but like it's only gaining more attention for this to see because you want those new audiences to keep watching and continue sure. to further the sport along. And um, it's it's just awesome. And the, the sad thing about the NHRA is it's like they don't even show some of that stuff. And that's mm-hmm. the stuff that's the most relatable. Right. And mm-hmm. the, the mind-blowing part about my story earlier was like the Big Chief wasn't even in the race and more people came to see him versus the guys that were in the race. Mm-hmm. And my dad was in the race. And I'm like. And, and, and that, <laughs> that burned the NHRA brass's ass so yeah. bad. Yeah. I have a I couple mean, of friends be, who were kind of. In, in on that circle, and it's just all the rumblings were that they were just mad because they felt like they got showed up at their own track. Yeah, so. and you know what? I mean, maybe it could be a learning experience. It could be something that's eye-opening, and sure. I really want to see the NHRA succeed, you know? That, I mean, victory has been my favorite for years upon years, and yeah. it's three generations now, and um, I want to see it go further. I've loved racing. But, well, and I, I think you're you poised know, to do a lot of good things this year. Um, I think it helps, like Melanie Mo- Mon- uh, Monaghan said in the comments here, it's good to see another female representing drag racing in MPK. And, you know, she said, you got to keep trying new things and challenging yourself. And uh, I think I think a little injection of uh, fresh girl power in MPK will do well for everybody. And Thank you. Uh, I might even have to start watching it on a regular basis. There you go. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm glad you're able to join us. Um, I'll conclude my interview with you now. So thank you very much. Um, Brian, do you have anything you'd like to add here? <laughs> No, I think you've covered pretty much everything. Um, okay. We're just glad to have you on the show. Thank you so much. And, yeah, thank uh, you for having me. To see, uh, see good things happening. I hope you, uh, you learn quickly, you know, out there. And it's thank just a you. lot of fun. Uh, a lot of us, we grew up in the streets and doing racing most of our mm-hmm. lives. So no prep's kind of where we've been. Um, but it's good to see uh, yeah, some people here. actually coming over this way. So we're excited about that and excited for uh, and the new shows that are coming out as well. That the rumors are going around. We can't talk about it, but there's some things going around. <laughs> and then Limpy's, you know, fuck more. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Brand, yeah. Brandon Mork just jumped in the comments and that's directed specifically to him. They're all yeah. old friends. So yeah. um, and also and, and Paige, like I had said before, we went on the air. If you want to hang out with us, you are absolutely yeah. welcome to hang out we'd love to have you if you have other stuff to do that's no problem at all um we're going to go to matt with warp perception here um awesome. matt well, how you doing talking to y'all. thank you very much thank you. Paige. Hey, you're welcome thank to hang you. out if you want thank you all right matt you're Let's on the mic you. with mike it's your turn so tell us now we initially uh brian had said we had you here for the jet-powered tesla that you had on display at pri so let's just start with that yeah. So that, why, why? Let's just start. Why? Yeah. So, why? Um, yeah, you know, unfortunately, this is the real weak version of my original idea. But okay. on my channel, you know, I, I'm trying I try to, you know, take it like step by step, take baby, baby steps. And a lot of people don't understand jet power. And originally I was going to do this on a different car. But then uh, I started working with this Tesla project I have. So the car I have is a project car, basically. And, uh, you know, I know Tesla wanted to do like cold thrusters or something which isn't going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So I wanted to start with the small jet engines because on my channel, I like contrast. I'm, I'm, I'm from the film industry. I've worked on a lot of movies. Contrast is always good. So sure. more contrast. So I sure. said, you know, before I do the cold thrusters, I'm going to do the jet engines and really show people what power is, jet power is versus cold thruster power. It's not really, but it's not my original project. My original project was much bigger, much crazier 
Okay. And I'm going to get to that maybe in the third iteration. But, sure. uh, but yeah, I was originally going to do it on a, another car, like a Mercedes, a new Mercedes. And I decided I had the Tesla and I was like, well, I like contrast. So electric car, so all the people who watch it, who want, you know, own a Tesla and they think they're saving the planet. And then I'm going to burn two gallons of fuel per minute to burn dinosaurs. And it creates a lot of contrast, you know, I think sure. it work pretty good. Well, and, you know, I, I, I have to ask if you have been concerned at all that Elon Musk is going to send a hit squad to your shop at any point. So, funny enough, you know, I, I, I'm an aerospace engineer. I have a lot of ties with a lot of companies, including Tesla and SpaceX. And okay. funny enough, I didn't want Elon to see it, but he actually saw it before anybody else, before the YouTube video posted because okay. I visited my friend, I won't say his name, but he works with Elon okay. and uh, he manages a big part of the company. So basically sure. he, I met him here in Illinois. He's a good friend of mine. He took pictures and he's like, man, can I send them to Elon? Like in all seriousness. So I'm like, yeah, go ahead. You know, the video is posting tomorrow morning. What harm can it do? So funny sure. enough, but I know how Elon is. I've met him before. He's very, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how to say it without being negative, but is I'm he as really. is he as quirky as he appears to be? Uh, he's a little bit, but I, I think he's a little bit more. Um, I just don't know the right word. I'm a, I'm an engineer, you know, not an English major, so uh, I guess so. Uh, I guess self centered would be, you know, he's the type of guy that'll look at him and be like, "Oh man, why why didn't we do this before this guy?" You know, I got gotcha. you. I guess focused probably is trying probably to keep that, Yeah, we're there. trying to keep that stock price up. You know, Tesla's a meme company. And, and, and I'm on, I'm on Tesla's side. I'm working on some projects with Tesla right now sure. and, and I hope they succeed. But you know, it's like I tell the executives at Tesla all the time. Last time I talked to the people at Tesla, I said, you guys remind me of that really hot girl that, you know, she would be a perfect 10 if she could just pull herself together, but you know, it's never going to happen. <laughs> but you always, you always, you're waiting for it. You're like, well, I have yeah. faith. So yeah, so that, that's why I chose the Tesla, you know, I mean, electric cars, you can't beat them there. It's, it's ridiculous. Like that car is like 2.4 seconds, zero to 60, oh, yeah. just, you know, full charge. Um, unfortunately my conditions weren't perfect, but you know, yeah. the next one, they're going to be better, but I did race. I did race one of the fastest Teslas on the street, except for the plaid, uh, the other day, that's going to be on rich rebuilds channel. In a couple days, I don't know if you know okay. who Rich Builds is. Uh, I actually I know, have a, I know I actually have a video clip that we can play it. Actually, is that okay? Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. Right, let me go ahead and. Uh, so here we first saw you at PRI actually, um, and some others have seen you too. It was a bunch of videos kind of floating around, and everybody. Actually, I'm sorry. <laughs> One more. Oh, there we go.
Okay, okay. So I got I got two things that come to mind here. One, one is I don't know who was the guy filming behind you under the viaduct, but that dude's brave. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I don't think I want to be quite that close. And two, I really was waiting for like Robin the Boy Wonder to jump out of the car because it just reminds me of the old Batmobile. <laughs> like you know, atomic engines to power, turbines to speed, the whole nine yards. Now, come out of passenger seat. What's that? I wait on tough enough. Come out of passenger seat. Why would you even? Why would you <laughs> oh. say that name here? What's wrong with he, you? He, he's he's like Beetlejuice, dude. Channel. He's gonna jump on you now. <laughs> no, nah, dude, he's like Beetlejuice. To say his name three times and he shows up with a a mullet talking about not getting paid. Don't do that. Come on. Sorry. <laughs> Um, so I have a question I saw the jet engines and for those who haven't seen the video, um, you know, obviously the whole concept of putting jets on a Tesla is cool and, and like it's a contrast and it's insane, but as somebody who was like a big fan of guys like Mark Rober and project farm, where they really go into details of how stuff is done, the detail that he does this video in the water jet cutting and the taking the parts together, it's, it's astronomical. You have to see it. My personal favorite so far, he did a video, he made a dyno. For these little micro jet engines, which they're off an of RC plane, right, or something like that, the little ones. Um, depends which. Oh, okay, you're talking about the jet dyno. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but yeah, what yeah, are yeah. the what are the engines from? What are they What are they um, normally on? So the bigger ones are for small ballistic missiles. The, okay. The, the small one is like for a large RC jet plane. Okay. Okay. And but my, I was super impressed with just the. I mean, obviously now knowing you're from the film industry makes way more sense because I was watching this and I was like, this is a really kick-ass video. Like, you know, who edited this thing? You know, and obviously I'm assuming you did now knowing that you have background yeah. there, but it's so well done. And, you know, the, the, just the cutaways and the sequences and the water jetting and everything. And then, you know, and me being a guy who hauled aviation fuel for the better part of 10 years, I just geeked nice. out on the on the concept of the different fuels. And he's like, we've got Jet A and diesel and biojet and hydro diesel. I'm like, well, Jet A all day, baby, because it's what it's made for. It's water white. It burns mm -hmm. clean. And this hydro diesel thing you guys did, which may not make any sense to anybody here, but you tested a fuel called hydro diesel. It's literally diesel that's got 20% water. In it. Is that right? Yeah, so first off, I want to start by saying that, I, you know, thanks for watching Project Farms channel. It's funny that you mentioned Dude, that. Dude, I love him to death. He's a good friend of mine, man. And we talk okay. all the time, like every three or four days, you know, he calls me for help. I call him for advice sometimes, you know, usually usually family advice. <laughs> he calls me for, you know, just like, uh, you know, setting up the rig, stuff like that. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. So anyway, uh, as for the fuel, so, um, yeah, so basically – I can't tell you too much, but the reason I have the Tesla is because I'm working on some alternative energy projects. And one of them was, is with a company um, called Trillion. They make the hydro diesel. So 20% uh, okay. water, 80% fuel. The one that I used in the video, unfortunately, I only had, you know, 10 gallons. I used right. I almost 100 gallons during that episode. Uh, I mean, the thing burns so much fuel. It's unbelievable. But um but yeah, so the hydro diesel, the one that I use in the video is uh, same thing. It's a micro emulsion, which is why it's transparent, 400 nanometers, I think. And okay. it, it's basically 20% water, 80% diesel. It's, it's fantastic. Like, it's amazing that adding 20% water to the fuel is going to make that much more energy. But it makes sense if you, you know, look back at some of the history of how these guys did it back in the 60s, 70s. I mean, there's a lot of stories out there. Right. And also, you know, with with jets where they do the uh, water injection, I mean, it makes sense. 
right? So that's what the hydro diesel is. And uh, yeah, it's just a new fuel. One of those are alternative fuels I'm working with, but uh, it's interesting. I, I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm a trucker. That's what I do for a living. Um, water has no place in diesel ever. <laughs> so, now, if it works for aviation, that's great. But I know Limpy can feel me on this because Limpy's a, a retired driver himself. Like water and diesel is a problem for us. Mm -hmm. um, but if it's, listen, if it's working for, for aviation in an in a unusual way, like, you know, you can, uh, you can get a lower, you know, pipe temp and increase your either either lean it out a little bit or, you know, maybe put a smaller pipe on it for more thrust without overheating. Who knows? But it's 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 just unusual. And Brandon, I know you're all mad we're talking about it, but your car's torn apart. When you get it together, come over here. We'll talk about your car. Uh, you run from Joey every time you can, uh, whatever you want to do. What, what was it, Bob? Olympi, what were you going to say about uh, about Mork? Bring my camera. Okay, just making sure. Brand is a good friend of mine. In case you guys are wondering, he lives across town from me and would do nothing but bust each other's balls on a regular basis. So, um, all right. So let me ask you this now. I know in doing some research on your channel that you had another channel just called WPX, um, where obviously your current channel is uh, yeah. Warp Perception. So was that just kind of a first effort or was that, um, was that something you had a different focus on or? Yeah. So basically, uh, it's, it's been tough for me. So I had a crew of five, uh, then the whole pandemic hit. Then I had a crew of two, including Oof. myself three, and then I had to get rid of them. So I'm working by myself. So that was originally my behind the scenes channel. So what I did okay. is I rebranded my personal channel and I'm going to put everything that I would put there. So I'm only going to run two channels. I have another channel actually called Situation X. It was a hidden camera show I was doing with uh, MTV uh, back in the day. And then we started streaming it. And then MTV did all this racist stuff like three years ago. And uh, it went, I just completely pulled out of it because MTV went whoop, just like that in like sure. a week. Because I, I don't know what they were thinking. They were putting all this crazy stuff out there. But basically, yeah. So so I'm, I'm focusing just on my two channels, which is my channel called Unthinkable. And then also uh, Warp Perception. And uh, so basically, yeah, that's what that WPX was. It was just where I was putting, you know, everybody. But but I found out that that viewers, you know, once my I grew my channel a little bit bigger, I found out that viewers actually don't know what they want to see. <laughs> like they say, hey, we want to see this. We want to see this in slow motion and that. And then I film it, it gets 50,000 views. And I'm like, all right, what right. a waste of time. But, well, and, and, yeah. and I, I saw that. I noticed in some of the other videos you have some, a lot of slow-mo stuff. Um, some of the see-through stuff you did was really cool, see-through engine parts and whatnot. Even some some stuff on a water jet, as much as I know it's going to irritate Brandon. But, you know, there are people who really like to watch that stuff and learn more about it. And it may be something that's out of reach for people. So, you know, when you break it down and explain it to people, how it really works, and you get to see kind of the nuts and bolts of it, you know, that's that appeals to a lot of people. But like yeah. you said, a lot of people don't know what they want to watch. They're used to YouTube telling them what they're going to watch. Yep, that's right. You know, and, and you know it's watch funny. this. It's funny that you said that about being out of reach because that's kind of in my in my uh, you know my channel kind of it, it became so engineering heavy and you know I still got high speed stuff coming up. That, but what I wanted to do originally was I started with the high speed stuff because I, I did that really really well. I, I worked on a lot of TV commercials and stuff, and I had a deal going with the slow mo guys early on, which that's another story. I don't trust YouTubers anymore. So basically. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so, so I just went my own way, started doing slow motion stuff. And uh, then originally what I wanted to do was all the projects. I just didn't have time. So what I want to do really is combine the high speed stuff 
width or, or you know slow motion is a little bit different high speed is just a little slower so basically the high speed stuff with the projects and just to look into things deeper and then also with the equipment like you said you know everybody thinks it's out of reach so here's the, here's the thing that i'm going to start showing on my channel is that is it really out of reach because let's say you got a, a you know a teenage kid you know he's into engineering and he has a great idea he wants to buy a honda civic for 20 grand and, you know, dad has to make a decision, right? Okay, buy a Honda Civic for 20 grand or buy the machine for 20 grand and buy a McLaren next year. Once right, this kid gets right. money from the product that he wants to produce here in America versus ordering it from China. So, you oh, know, where where is Doug Cook when you need him? I don't know if, <laughs> you know, you know who Doug Cook is? No. He's, a, he's, a, he's a, the founder, one of the founders and the CEO of Motion Raceworks. They oh, okay. are a, uh, they're a company based out of Iowa and they're, entire uh, premise is made in america fuck china that's pretty much his entire deal we're gonna have and, to do it now yeah so yeah doug cook he's partnered up with cletus mcfarland garrett mitchell who's obviously one of the biggest automotive youtubers right now they're doing the line of parts i think garrett bought into the company so they're kind of a match made in heaven right now but there's it's nice that you said that about the idea of buying instead of buying a twenty thousand dollar car you know buy a twenty thousand dollar piece of equipment and learn how to use it because manufacturing is coming back. I really nope. believe that. And I, I realize right, the race, people watching this for racing coverage are rolling your eyes right now. But, you know, just a side note, I think manufacturing is coming back and you have to encourage it. Yeah, we got some news to share that are on about some, yeah. some growth and things that seen a lot more of that definitely okay. happening. We'll talk about later in the show. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Uh, let's, let's just wrap up with the Jet Tesla real quick. Go back yeah. to where we started. So do you have any ultimate like goals? Like what do you, what do you hope to achieve with the car? And I know you said you're getting some alternative energy stuff that you can't really talk too much about, but I know see you're talking about uh, doing cold thrust. Can you can you talk uh, more about the cold thrust angle of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, I'm going to be building, you know, um, yeah, I'm going to be building something that Tesla said they're going to build. Uh, I'm going to do it legit. That's probably, I think, I don't know if that's my next project. Yeah, I think that's my next project with that car. But, but okay. you have a lot of issues with cold thrusters, and, and I'm comfortable talking about it because, to be honest, Tesla's not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. So just to give you a small example, uh, you know, here's the thing, right? If I do cold thrusters as big as I need them to be, I'm going to tell you right now that I'm going to have more protection, personal protection, than you've seen me with in that jet-powered video <laughs> because the windows are probably going to implode, and, and I mean, uh, there's going to more than likely be some sort of damage if I'm able to do it at the scale that I want to do it to get significant thrust to make a difference. So here's the thing is that those jet engines combined, they don't make a lot of thrust. They're like 300 right. pounds of thrust. Right. But 300 pounds is 300 pounds with the jet engine from zero miles per hour all the way up to 670 miles per hour. You have 300 pounds of thrust. So with a jet thruster, for one, you have to get the timing right. Two, just to give you an example, um, let's just say you take one of those engines, it's making a hundred pounds of thrust on hydro diesel. If you want a jet, a, a jet thruster, a large jet thruster that they use to, um, you know, to, to, to orbit, or I should say adjust the trajectory on like a satellite is just to put this into perspective for you, a normal large jet thruster is probably three newtons of force, maybe six newtons of force. But if you look at like satellites, where the jet, the cold thrusters are adjusting the position, those are more like 0.6 newtons of thrust, 0.6. Now, all three of those jet engines on the, on the Tesla is 1,040 newtons. So do the math. Yeah. So 
it's probably going to create a sound pressure wave like you've never seen and maybe bust some windows out, but I don't think it's going to move the car. And if it does, you're going to have to have 30 to 40,000 PSI in those tanks. And now to put that into perspective, think about this. You got two tanks in your car. Let's just say you have, let's just say you have a, a 20, 20 to 30,000 PSI in those tanks, a shotgun, when you shoot it, is about 20 to 25,000 PSI when it, at the initial firing, when it's pushing that bullet out of the barrel. So think about that. Right. How loud a shotgun is. Shotgun, the barrel's so small. Imagine a big tank behind you, 20 to 30,000 PSI, something happens to that tank. You're done. You're yeah, gone. You and everybody around you. Yep. So you're, it's over. So, so basically, I'm going to try to replicate it. I'm probably going to have to build some separate chambers. But I think once people see how much safety i'm gonna to have to do just to do a small version of the cold thruster mm -hmm. uh, you know everybody's perspective might might change you know but it's not easy it's it's not easy let me tell you that but it's all compressed air basically it's a lot of air cool yeah. well um i guess uh, i'll turn it over brian where are you at you hiding in there somewhere he's off working on grass here. Here he is. Here. all right what was so. that news you had to uh, talk about let's uh, let's bring that up <clears throat> okay yeah so we have a few things going on and uh, so I don't know if everybody knows kind of a Milan Dragway um, in Michigan got sold for $3 million as of this evening, actually. Oh, wow. Or as I say, this afternoon. Um, so Harry and Perry are the, the new owners of it. And um, that is so that's some big news going on. So there'll be some more race events popping up that way. Uh, I talked to Mike at Detroit Hood TV um, and we'll, we'll see what his schedule is going to be like pretty soon. And the guys over there in Michigan. So um, that's great to see that a track's actually getting bought because, you know, on the side note of what I've seen here about that track getting bought is that Marion County Raceway in Ohio for is sale. for sale. Byron Raceway here in Illinois is for sale. <coughs> so Byron, there's an, there's Byron's, another... <laughs> so Byron's been for sale for about 12 years. <laughs> I'm just kidding. BJ's a great guy. And I think the price tag on Marion County is like, Six hundred and sixty thousand turnkey. I was reading about it. They're they're just leaving everything there. Six hundred and sixty thousand, and you know, go racing. That's actually cheap. Yeah, it's <laughs> like thirty. Yeah, miles. that's a that's a killer. It's a quarter mile track. That's yeah. a killer price. So that is that's actually a good deal. Absolutely. So uh, so with that going on with the tracks, we're trying to save our tracks. You know, oh, there's another track here in Illinois is for sale too. That's I can't talk about that. Um, but there's um. Interesting things going on. We're just trying to save our tracks, you know, and and everybody's mainly heading back to the streets, and we see a lot more of that than anything else, you know. Um, Absolutely. We do our best to try to do that, you know, with the Kentucky Cash Days. Um, Happy has his event uh, coming back, you know, and, he, and the guys there have really been trying to, to bring it back to the track instead of just being on the street doing both. And it's nice to see you doing street and track because I, I did street and I'm, I grew up in that. So it's okay. nice to be able to do both of those for sure. Um, but I'll show you. Um, so Happy's uh, Cash Day 2.0 is with a redo of the track. Um, they're going to etch the track. Uh, so I'm super excited to see this happening. Uh, see March 26th. Uh, Limpy's going to be uh, be there as well, from what I understand. And um, this is the place to be. So they got small tire, big tire, and they're throwing in motorcycle this time. 
So uh, and anything pretty much it goes, and you've seen some interesting stuff, and I think we'll see some definitely some interesting stuff happen this time at the event, knowing that there's not a rule that you're brought in by just a name instead of just a car, you know. So this will be yeah. uh, interesting to see what happens <clears throat> with that. But um, so happy he's got uh, good things happening. Um, he's on a bare surface. They've already started tearing down the rails, and they're getting ready to work on the track and um, start etching it and getting the track ready already. And for you guys who weren't there, you missed an incredible event. Uh, we have our video dropping of his event uh, coming up here next week. Uh, we're going to release the full video of that so you guys can all see the full show, not just the sliding around, but it was a good event. So there's a, just a little bit of the driver's meeting right there from the event. And on top of that, um, Cappy is looking for sponsors. He's trying to build his event, get it going so we can have a nice big pot. Um, his goal is like 50, 51,000. So we're excited to see see that if that can happen. And so these are the sponsorship levels. So if you know anybody who can help out, um, let them know, reach out to them to happy. Let us know. We'll, uh, we'll pass on the information as well too. Um, but definitely the event of this year, you know, that was definitely quite a interesting event. So um, everybody should call it crash days. They said, well, I still think it was a good <laughs> event regardless. So. Yeah. Well, um, and it's, Every, every minced, you know, like we said in the last show when Happy was on her, it's not like he did, it's not like he minced words. He told people exactly what they were getting into. And, uh, you know, that's what they got. It was, oh, it was at, yeah, as was it, was it Limpy as advertised? I think he wanted to call it. As advertised. Yep. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 can you, can you imagine for just a second if they had a motorcycle class at the time? <laughs> that would have been ugly. And, Somebody uh, would have got hurt. Yeah, and Matt, you'll be you'll be humored to know. Um, oh, he just disappeared. Uh, I was going to tell him, you know, that, that a I Tesla. Know. Oh, there he's. Oh, he's got small he's, on. Yeah, he's, he's on here. Yeah. Inside, yeah. Um, that a a Tesla one, a plaid one, was a big tire, right, Limpy? Yeah. Yeah, they had a they had a Tesla come out and wig the big tire class. Well, he was the fastest path out of everybody. I think he had the fastest miles per hour for the whole day, I think, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, went, well, like 107 or something like that. Something insane number on that surface. Yeah, yeah I'm not really a big electric car guy. I just, uh, you know, I just, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I just like, look, you know, working on all sorts of different stuff. Sure. And, uh, if I have a project that I need to do, that's why I have the car for. Other than that, I wouldn't have the car. But, uh, I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I'm kind of stuck in between the whole gas electric car thing. I mean, there's things for me, I'm extremely anxious. So for me, the electric car works, but it's, it's kind of, you know, like when I drove from Chicago to Indianapolis, I had to stop twice to charge uh, on the way back. I filled up the tires at 50 PSI, turned off the heat and did 60 miles per hour all the way back from Indianapolis to Chicago, just to make it. So stuff like that doesn't work, you know, but other than that, if you just want to get in and boom, take off you want instant right. acceleration it's good but it's kind of boring you know i mean you're always traction control no matter what you know that thing will spin all four tires for like a block and a half if you <laughs> control but you do that then it's extremely dangerous if you're not a good driver right because there's so many people that have like disabled the traction control in those cars and you know all of a sudden you mash the gas and the wheels are spinning 150 miles per hour in like three seconds because it's electric so yeah so i don't know I mean, obviously, the governments are pushing us electric, electric, electric. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. I, I don't know. You I know. think, you know, I, I admire the push for new technology. I think, again, you know, being progressive is not all bad in that respect. But at the same time, when they are ramming it down your throat with what, what I would consider to be 
questionable long-term goals because nobody's really come up with a solid answer as to what you do with these cars when they've run out of their life. Oh man. You know, you want to talk about environmental problems, you know, Mm -hmm. those batteries are comprised mostly of, mostly of lithium, which is a nightmare to get out of the ground. Yep. So that, but that's, that's a whole nother topic for another another topic. (laughs) I had some experience there too, but yeah, it's no fun. It's no fun. Nice. So Dan, you've been waiting patiently. And I like the flag, by the way. It's very subtle. <laughs> so why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I was going to actually uh, introduce a little bit. Oh. You know, uh, if you right, don't mind. Right. No, yeah. knock yourself out. Absolutely. So I don't know if anybody knows Dan. I ran, I ran out of notes. Oh. So I, I, I'm now winging it. I can't wing it. Sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. No, Lippy and Dan are good friends. So, um, oh, and I don't know if anybody knows, but... Uh, Dan is the man when it comes down to DFW when uh, Olympia's not in town. And uh, he's the guy to see when the action's going on. And he has a good event coming up on April 1st and 2nd. Um, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. I'll post the flyer up a little bit later on in here. But um, definitely excited to be down there a little more often and be with you guys down there. And uh, so, Dan, go ahead and take it away. You're probably going to tell us about some of the stuff. I do have a couple of the street videos. You want me to play them? You know, I can do that if you want me to. Also. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> I hear an oh boy. All right. I don't hear his voice though. Wait, hold on a second. Oh. There you Speak of it all. Oh. Oh, hey, there you are. There you are. Now we hear you. Sorry about that. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Um, we've got a big event coming up April 1st and 2nd at uh, Yellow Belly Dragway, which is in. We call it Dallas, but it's really in Grand Prairie, Texas. Um, the good. It's uh, one of the oldest outlaw tracks in the country. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it is the oldest outlaw track in Texas. Um, it's just, it's it's a different track. It's not like a big um, XRP or, you know, NS or a big track like that. This is as hood as it gets. Um, it's, it's just something different. Um, people have been watching videos all over the country that everybody kept saying, man, we need a, a big event at the gut. We need a big event. Well, we finally locked in enough deals with the owners to be able to make it happen. Um, that was something else. Um, but foremost, um, it should be nothing but a giant party. It's a small tire event. Um, we've got hard tire, small tire, smaller tire than the uh, the outlaw. And so that way, you know, and then we've got the, the true street and the, uh, the tailgate as well. Um, if you'll go to the Facebook link um, on Limpy's page, you can see all the details, all the rules, the buy-ins, everything like that. Um, and oh, while... We'll post that as well, too. Yep. And while um, while I'm on here, um, we're looking for sponsors as well. We've already got a handful that uh, we can't think of enough. A lot of them sponsors a lot of the stuff we do, track and street, which is kind of unheard of. But, you know, our people back us, and they like doing what we're doing. So big shout out to all the sponsors. I, I do want to throw them out there while we're on here. Um, it's 820 Motorsports. Accelerated Racing Solution, uh, Page, Page Point Pro, 
um, all natural uh, stone and grass. We sell grass, red tie canopies. They're actually giving out coupons for every for every class. They're going to give you five hundred dollar off. Um, well, the winners get five hundred dollars off, like a ten by twenty um, canopy, which you know. If y'all price them canopies, they're uh, they're up there, so that'll help everybody out as well. Uh, Memory Loss Racing and Pimp Juice, the traction compound company, they have all stepped up and are sponsoring the events. Um, I don't know much more to say, but it's going to be one hell of a party. It's going to be a packed house. Um, it's for for April. It's the race to be at by far. Definitely. I know it's on my bucket list, and I think it's on a lot of other people's bucket list, too, is being at that track, actually. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Place is, a, place is a legend. Absolutely. So this would be a, definitely be a good time. Um, Lippy, anything you want to ask some questions at all to Dan? I know you guys are good friends, but... uh, oh, yeah, boy. Water burnout. Water burnout only. Yes, it will be a water burnout only event. That way... uh. You know, you get, let's say, 50 to 100 to 300 cars in one spot pouring all different kinds of prep. It's going to get greasy. Um, it's not even going to be any fun by, by the finals. So we're going to do water only, start to finish, and uh, let's party. Let's get it done. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. And when's that date again? That's April 1st and 2nd. Okay. And no, that's okay. not an April Fool's joke. April 1st and 2nd. Um, it's 100% payback, 80-20 um, split, um, with sponsor money on top of that. Now, with your sponsor money, I'm a huge fan of 80-20. I do it with a lot of my classes because it's transparent. You know, this is how many we got and this is what you get. We're not going to talk about transparency and drag races like we had a few weeks ago. We're just going to go right past that one. But um, are you planning on putting a sponsor money on top of the winner or just combine it all together and split it with all of it? Uh, it's combined. Okay. So at the, uh, at the beginning of the race, before we start the race, we'll know how much money we have allocated to each class. Mm -hmm. And the driver's money will go in to that as well. And then it'll be split 80-20. Okay. Which you know what's going to happen. It'll get split 50-50 into finals between the drivers. <laughs> hey, that's, that's, that, you know, I say that at every driver's meeting. Um, yeah. I call it 80-20 split. Now, when we come to the finals, whatever y'all want to do, if you want to give the second guy $1 and y'all agree on that, that's it. If y'all can't agree on something, then it's an 80-20 split. Right, so, right. so at that point, it's, it's up to the two drivers. Yeah, and it seems I don't. It seems like eighty twenty has always worked out pretty well, at least up here. You know, as long as yeah. they know what you got going in and they know what they got coming out. You know, like we were saying before, yeah. as advertised. Way back in the day. Yep. Pretty much everything I do, all of my roles come from the legend himself, Limpy. Um, you know, I've I've helped Limpy for years and years, five or six years now. Uh, actually, I think we're going on on. I think eight years now, seven or eight years in total, I've been been in the streets with him. But for the last five years, I've been helping him 
new security and helping him with events and cameras and everything else. So uh, this year with him being away as much as he is, um, I've stepped up and started trying to uh, do a little bit more around here. And uh, but everybody's asked everybody. It's all over Facebook about tire sizes and this and that. And I'm like, look, Limpy's rules hasn't changed. Yes, I may put on the race, but Limpy's flagging and it's Limpy's rules. That's that's how it is. And they're like, well, these tire sizes don't make no sense. I don't care. It don't matter. Oh, boy, hold up. You're running a 28 non-W, right? 29, 10, 5, oh. non-W. Okay, so 29 non-W. Well, sorry, twenty nine five. To me, I just call it a twenty nine, but I understand. So, what, what, what doesn't make sense about that? Like, I don't get it. Do they I, want I a smaller tire? Or I, understand I understand the argument, and I get it. But on our end, it makes it easier. Um, a twenty eight, let's say a twenty eight W, actually measures smaller than a twenty nine ten five non W. When you put the tape measure on it, if you put them side by side, I don't know if Limpy's over there shaking his head is what he's doing, but yes, it, it comes up a little bit smaller. Um, so with that being Talking said, about, about an guys, eighth of an inch, right? So a lot of guys are like, man, why can't the 28 guys run the W? Well, our rule has always been non W. I don't care if you're on a 26, it's a non W race. Um, you know, it, it, it don't matter. 29.5, That was unusual. Okay, that I was, was just loud. curious. Huh? That was loud. Yeah, I didn't know what that was. We start, somebody started milling out, uh, you know, they start fucking <laughs> <laughs> happy. God damn it. He totally throws off my concentration. Thanks, dude. <laughs> Hey, Limpy does that every time. I got to pretty much like block out his little picture there because like if I'm talking and I'm looking at him, it fucks me up every time. Yeah. What uh, Prostock's saying, do you guys know something about somebody got hit in a, uh, by a bullhorn in Florida? You guys know anything about this? I, I have, I've heard a little bit about it. Okay. But that was, I think that was at a, at the grudge fest they had going on down there. Okay. Um, but I know somebody that personally got hit by a bullhorn this year, and it actually bent the bullhorn. The man still flagged the whole entire race, but it actually bent the bullhorn. And a minute later, he flagged another race. He didn't even go sit down, and that would be Limpy. I figured it was going to be Limpy. What, where, what part of it did it hit? Like, what part of you did it hit, Limpy? Well, it flew off and hit my ankle. Nice. Oh, and you man. bent it. That's pretty funny. Yeah, Jasper, there's no time for logic here. He's up there. If it's 29.5, bring 29.5. To 28, bring 28. Exactly. Why? Why? This is, you just, you don't get it at all. Everybody's got to put their two cents on, uh, yeah. on everything. You know, they're, they're put in their two cents when they're broke. That's usually how it works. Hell, we've had guys show up running 28s and take home the money. So... You know, I've had we've had guys that showed up and made one hit on 29s, pulled them off and put their 28s back on and went faster. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's we used to get guys that when the uh, when the pro brackets came out, when they were still pretty new, we had guys that were going faster on 26s than they were on 28s and they would run them 
in 28 class. As a matter of fact, we had one racer, um, Chris Henderson, slow pony. He double upped. Uh, he double when we used to do double entry back in the day. He double upped on 26 gangster and uh, senior 28 on on the same tire. You know, and he just said it's because it's shorter. He goes, it's stable. Uh, the guys really liked them. So, you know, pretty much this is the maximum size tire you can run. It doesn't say you have to run it. Right. It says this exactly. is as big as you can run it. Run whatever the fuck you want. Like, everyone yep. wants to complain, you just complain. You. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So as long as, it, as, long as it's a non-W tire, 29.10.5 non-W, so don't take your little grinder wheel out and zoo, 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 zoo. no doing no, that no, no razor blade special. <laughs> yeah, no doing that. You'll end up caught. We the very the very first race I put on this year, cash days. Well, yeah, the very beginning of this year, cash days. The winner, cash days. A, a guy tried that and he ended up getting caught. I ain't saying no names. You know, I, he's he's been burned at the stake long enough for it. He's a good guy, um, but. You know, he they tried to get a little advantage and it didn't work out in the long run. So mm-hmm. several people said they've done it throughout the years and didn't get caught, but that's like anything, you know. Eventually somebody's gonna get caught if you're breaking the rules. Well and nowadays but, there's racers just walk around with tape measures and randomly check people's tires. Right. Really no but hiding at same, it. At the same time, I came from more of the dirt track racing world. Um if you're not cheating or if you're not bending every rule as much as you can and finding the gray areas, you're not trying. Are you truly, are you truly racing? Yeah, that's like uh, I, when I when I write rules for for the events I've done, I follow Smoky Unix principles. All the rules tell you is what you can't do. That's that. To, when I heard that, I was like, that makes all the sense in the world. So if it's in the rule book, you generally can't do it. If it's not in the rule book, do whatever you want. Because I get people asking me, well, can I do this? And I'll ask them, is it in the rules? No. Then yes. Like, it's a blanket rule. If it's not in the rules, you can do it. So, guys, I'm going to play a short, uh, some video clips from the street. I'm just curious. You know, it's no trailer season uh, down there. Because I understand that's already started already. I think the video you're playing is actually, it was a trailer race. Oh, was it? Okay. I was going to ask you about that. So, hold on. Here we go. Yeah. If. This one here as well. Yep, yep. I saw the car on the other lane. I'm like, okay, it's no trailer. But the other one, the other side, I'm like, no way. (laughs) He drove it there. It's a streetcar, bro. And they had the whole hey, headset hey, and the microphone going on and everything. I was like, okay. What's that, Dan? Speaking of uh, electric cars, that first race left lane, that was a Tesla. That's what I thought. Was it, it really? Was, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't even looking. I was looking at the, the, the street car in the right lane. Every time I see yeah. somebody flagging yeah. races, I just am reminded of why Limpy's the king. Because Limpy's, Limpy's method of flagging races, you can't predict it. And a lot of these guys that flag races, you know, they, they point – or they do this, or they've all, it's like, if you ever play poker, these guys all have a tell. You know, they, they, you buy, if the guy's lifting a flashlight up, you know how long it's going to take to get there. You know, the guy's doing the run back or the running man shuffle or whatever they're doing or a crow hop or everybody's got their own style. 
You know, yeah. it's it's just it, my it, personal it, preference. I love, I prefer Limpy's style of flagging. You know, the light never moves off his head. When I used to flag races, I kept the light up here and I pointed twice and they never knew when the light was coming. So, yeah. Limpy and I, we've got to get together and get me a headlamp. Um, but I'm still so new at flagging. If you try to guess my light, you're going to be wrong. I had a guy, not that event, but the event before that, um, he was racing a car he clearly had covered. He could have left a second before and covered him. Um, but I flagged all day long at a race, and the flashlight that I used, the button was on the front. Well, that flashlight died, so I, when we went to the streets that night, um, my, my button was on the other side. Mm-hmm. So I kept trying to hit the wrong side of the flashlight to turn the damn light on. Yeah. So uh, it uh, it delayed me about a half second, which he jumped because he thought he was going to be able to judge, you know, from the time I brought it up to hit it, and he ended up jumping and costing him the race. But uh, <laughs> hey, there, there's Jeff Duncan right there. Yeah, boys guy. You said you can't even walk with even strides. <laughs> Damn, son. Damn. Well, that's uh, th- this year I, I I broke my foot twice in the same year. I no more got it out of a cast. And I broke it again. So, did you do it but, the same way? No, no. Uh, actually, I dropped a small block Chevrolet head on it the first time and, and smashed the top of it. And then uh, it got better. And two months later, a buddy of mine tried to throw me at a, in a pool at a Fourth of July party, and it landed on the side of the pool with him on top of it. And yeah, that it sounds wasn't. bad. So, but I dropped that uh, that small block head on my foot on Friday, and me and Limpy had a race Saturday. And I was still there. It hurt like a son of a bitch, but I was there with my knee scooter and all ready to go. Ouch. Oh, uh, can all I say right. can I say something here for a second? Yeah, yeah. What's up? Uh, nothing about the, the guy down there with the with the nano stuff, dude. You had me lost. Like, I'm I was completely. I'm still lost. I'm still thinking about nano stuff, and I've got to Google. <laughs> Hey, hey, the new thing is putting jets on these cars, you know, yeah, to give I, a little I, advantage. He was talking kind of stuff, and I was like, I, I really feel like how dumb I am. I listen to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> it was and, over uh, it was over my head. I know that. The no prep the no prep stuff. Uh I don't I don't even watch it, man. I ain't gonna lie. Uh and the street outlaw stuff, I don't even watch it. But uh, Brad uh Mork was on there talking to smack but you know fuck mark but uh, <laughs> i hope i hope that she goes in there and does pretty good because uh it just it needs i guess it needs i, I, I don't know how to rate that and stuff like that but i watched more actually at happy's house this week i watched or last week i watched more or i kind of glanced up as he was watching it and i'm like what the hell are you watching and then it, it, Man, it, it's street racing, no prep. It's 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 all the same stuff, man. I mean, just just a few minutes that I watched it, I, I could see. Y'all say it wasn't scripted. It's not scripted. It, it, all that stuff scripted. Everything's scripted except for the racing. I'll just go on the. I'll, I'll go out on the limb and say it. You know, just because of me. <laughs> I agree. I agree I with you. Actually. I feel fuck given all that stuff. I've been on several filmings, and they they want you to say this, they want you to say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, racing's real, yes, it's real, but uh, the 
the no prep stuff, the no prep king stuff is, I guess it's, I guess it's the new, the new thing. I guess, I guess uh, Chris Nam's got it going on over there. Hope it works out for him. Yeah, I know that they're getting into what we talked about earlier. That's happening too. So we'll leave that for another day. <clears throat> hey, yes, from you back around Limpy for some reason. Yeah. But uh, I want to thank Dan and uh, for for being on. Everybody go check out his event. It's definitely going to be uh, an awesome event to go to. It's the one to go. I can't wait. It's on our bucket list, and uh, we're going to be filming that event too. So we're lo- looking forward to that. You know, we're bringing a full crew down there, so we'll have some excellent coverage for him. And I know I'm sure Olympia will be live on top of that. So you guys won't miss anything. We'll have the replays. Olympia will have the live feed for us, so it'll be exciting. Uh, we'll bring it to you in 4K. So, And uh, also we have Matt with us, too. Oh, I don't know okay. if he's got his audio going on there. Can you Yeah, hear I I was ha- I'm having some internet issues. I don't know what's going on. It keeps on. Okay. I have to reset it for some reason. I don't know. It just started happening. But I'm still here. Yeah, we were all we were all down at PRI. We all had a good time, you know. Um, and we'll leave it at that. What, well, what your... the what was what was up with this practice tree thing that everybody was talking about? I kept seeing kept seeing stories about it. Unfortunately, I got to PRI like three in the morning Friday night, so I missed virtually everything as far as going out and doing things like that. What was up with the practice tree? I didn't go. No. Hello? Yeah. No, I was Sorry. asking. I, I know it was Matt, Maddie was doing the practice tree race. Is that right, Brian? Yeah, the, they had that going on at the DIY shop in Indianapolis. Um, so that was a, we did pop in for that event. Um, I didn't want to step on anybody's toes or anything. Um, but, uh, you know, Todd, I actually was talking with Todd Ferris and, uh, I was telling a few people to go down. He's one of the guys I told to go down there. Um, I sent him the information and everything. And of course, you know, he took, he won that. So that's awesome. And kick butt. And uh, it was just a good time. It was like, like a car show. You can see a bunch of the cars. There's a food truck. There was some food there. And they had the practice tree going on. So it was a fun event. Um, saw the young and boosted guys were there and a bunch of others on there as well, too. So um, definitely, definitely a good time. A little nightlife, you know. Uh, I think we had our fun in nightlife with Limpy and Matt and a bunch of others. Uh, we had a little more fun. I don't know if you can hear us there. Um, so we had we had some fun. I think we shared that on our last show. So you guys kind of know how that went. Um, but I definitely think that 70% fun is the truth for PRI. Um, I had a great time making connections and having P- fun at PRI and seeing lots of uh, great cars, seeing the stuff that's coming out. Um, I see street kings and the no prep and all that stuff is really kind of taking a good chunk of that show like they had their own basic room was more about all that stuff um so hopefully you know things go well and it doesn't go too hollywood when it comes to the small tire stuff that's coming out and um that's happening so we'll we'll see how that goes but um i hope again it stays the way it is you know so i'll just leave it at that i want to put that out there but sure <clears throat> um what is Matt doing? What are you I doing? Don't know. He's, giving us, he's giving us a tour. Is what he's doing down there. <laughs> crazy. Hey, where, where are you, Matt? Are you? That, is my mic Is my mic on? Yeah, you're on. For Happy's farts, what he's trying to find. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm, uh, I'm in the middle of doing some stuff. 
It's 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 multitasking. Ah, that's where the noise comes from. Okay. That's definitely. He's probably so, so, Sounds like he's lathing a brake rotor. What is all that noise? I don't know where that noise is coming from. Lathing a brake rotor. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it sounds like it sounds like a brake rotor on a lathe howling. Well, I'll tell you, um, <laughs> Matt himself, he's saving me like twenty hours uh, between tomorrow night and Saturday morning. It's uh, I've got a little something something in the works, and he's delivering it down here to me, and nice. uh, it's nice. eight hours away just from me, and I'm sitting here trying to figure out Christmas. New Year's. Uh, one of my one of the girls that work at my shop totaled my truck two weeks ago, um, so mm. we're dealing with the insurance on that. And I'm like, God, how how am I going to go pull this off? And it's like he's going to be like 30 minutes from there Friday. So it just nice that works out. If everything works out right, which I hope it does. If not, it's not the end of the world. But if it does, then uh, he's going to save me like 20 hours and a night out of town. Nice. So big shout out to him, anyhow. Limpy's over there doing circles. He's like tumbling. <laughs> I just see him going around and around. I'm just freaking. See what the fuck's going on. Oh, I got you. So, right, so Maddie, you want... can you hear us? Yeah. Oh, there okay, we go. That's so, better. Okay. So don't we'll, move. Let, we'll let Limpy do the interview <laughs> here and I'll let him yeah. introduce him. So, hey. Yeah, knock stuff out. <laughs> what am I doing? You're taking the token. You want to introduce Matt and let everybody know who he is and everything. And... Oh, well, that's the Street King right there. That's uh, just a meal. That's just a meal, man. Dude, it was fun. I don't know if y'all watched my YouTube video, but uh, after we went eight with uh, with uh, Chris Lane and them from Stripper Glitter, we picked, uh, which we couldn't, Matt couldn't go because we didn't have a reservation for him. We didn't know he was coming until the last minute. And he went and had a steakhouse or something. And uh, so we picked him up, and he was upset. He was angry. He he left the car. He was hangry. And then and then and then Happy had some. I don't know what was coming out of his ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! I got the car. He was going off all kinds of crazy, and Happy rolled the windows up and and locked them. And and man, y'all was wrong for that. And it slapped him right square in the face. Yeah, I was in the middle of talking about something a mouthful. Oh, you ate it. Yeah. Well, they say if you can smell it, it's already in your mouth because your smell buds are in the back of your throat. So, oh, y'all are messed up. Terrible. Oh, man. <laughs> There's nothing worse than eating one. Oh, boy. <laughs> But uh, That's so what? Two gas we were talking about earlier. Both of y'all was rotten. Dude. Both of them. Both of them. I hope y'all got that out of your body. It's bad spot. I could do nothing. It wasn't me. It was happy. It was so, more hey, of an exorcism than anything, right? So, Matt, do you have anything coming up? Any events or things that are kind of going out your guys' way at all that you're excited about? Besides Man, the other one, Dan's? We're fixing to uh, we're fixing to take a little break for Christmas, all that, and uh, we will. Uh, I'm going to try to do something on the street uh, at the beginning of the year. 
Yeah, I don't know exactly. Okay. I don't know exactly, but uh, it just depends on the weather, you know. But uh, I'm going to try to do something on the street um, at the beginning of the year. And uh, we've got our 